BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Welcome back to the Jet Press Podcast. My name is Justin Freed. That's Mike Luciano. Mike, the Jets have beaten the New England Patriots. It is 2024. We can finally say it. We'll get into it. We'll talk about the draft position stuff. I don't care. Look, full disclosure, I went into this game rooting for the Jets to lose. But draft position or not, I don't give a damn because the lasting image of Bill Belichick's Patriots career will be him walking off the field at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, losing to the Jets. And I can't be mad about that. Losing to Trevor Simeon in a snowy, crappy downpour. What a way for that to end. So this is the first time the Jets have beaten the Patriots since 2016. And the first time in regulation since the 2010 season. I think it's 2015, right? 2015. And then 2010 in regulation was the last time the Jets beat the Patriots. So 13 seasons we're talking about here. The fact that that happened, I don't even – you could talk about draft position and all that. You know what? Just to see Belichick saunter off the field with his head hanging down, he's going to be 72 soon. That could be how his career ends. A fantastic career, not for us, but in a vacuum, a fantastic career. Oh, my goodness. We'll get to all your questions uh, in the chat later. I see some people asking about potentially uh, extending Bryce Huff. We will get to Bryce Huff because he was unbelievable today, but – we can bask in the glow of the win, and we can just do our little housekeeping first, where you can always find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. We are on all those sites, YouTube and TikTok, at the Jeff Pressure both. Make sure to give the stream a like. Make sure to leave a good review on Apple Podcasts. That does help for the algorithm. And one last thing before we really get into talking about this game, we have an offer from our friends over at DraftKings. Because DraftKings is offering a fantastic sign-up bonus ahead of the postseason. You can place a $5 first bet on anything, and you instantly claim $150 in bonus bets. You'll also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. The best part is you'll receive both rewards, even if the first bet loses. So you're getting some freebies here. Just use the code FSBETS, that is F-S-B-E-T-S, on DraftKings. It directly supports the podcast, so it's a big help if you want to support the show by doing it that way. 
Make sure to use the code FSBETS if you've been considering signing up for DraftKings to maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember, always gamble responsibly and check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. Now, Jets-Patriots. Let's talk about A game it. that, this is if you, for the quarterback enthusiast, this is not the game for you because crappy weather, number one, and then number two, both teams went into the game with the intention of not even attempting to really throw the ball. The Jets said, you know what? It is going to be Brees Hall's game. We're going to try, hope against hope, to maybe get him to 1,000 rushing yards this year, and they almost did. He only came up about eight or ten yards short of 1,000 yards, and obviously he's well over that for scrimmage yards. now over 1,500, which for, with this offensive line and this coaching staff is a hell of an achievement for Brees Hall. It was also nice to see the defense end on a high note because if the lasting image of this defense was finally starting to fall apart like it was in the Cleveland game, that would have left a bad taste in my mouth, honestly, but – just seeing him go wreck stuff, seeing Bryce Huff get like three sacks. Quinton Williams got a couple. Will McDonald even got in on that one kind of botched gadget play. Mm-hmm. It's things I like seeing because these guys are going to be here next year. And the Jets have pretty much said that a lot of the guys this year are going to be back next year. Hopefully with Aaron Rodgers, if he keeps his freaking mouth shut and stays healthy, they can end up going to the postseason again. So because a lot of the guys playing well are going to be on the team in the future, it, let, it, it looked good for me because Robert Sala, I think, showed he still clearly can motivate guys, can get guys to play hard, and I think there's still a lot of buy-in going into next year. Yeah, I mean, this this game proved to me that the Jets are a significantly better team than the Patriots. I don't think that was really in doubt necessarily, but there's a there are varying degrees of how bad both of these teams are, and the Jets are a step, significant step above them. Not only is their defense a lot better, not that the Patriots' defense is bad, but it's just the Jets' defense is that good. But the Jets at least have something on offense to build around. The Patriots don't. They have absolutely nothing on offense. The Jets at least have Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. Uh, and in this game, we saw that with Brees Hall because Garrett Wilson obviously went out with a concussion. Uh, he had that one big play earlier, but this was mostly the Brees Hall game. The entire offense ran through Brees Hall. This was the Brees Hall game. Finished with, I think, 178 yards on the ground, another uh, 12 in the air. He entered this day, it entered this game with 816 rushing yards, and he finished with 994 rushing yards on the season. So he was six yards shy of 1,000, despite entering almost 200 yards shy of 1,000. Uh, so that says and a lot about how much. carries earlier in the year, too. Splitting carries, playing a limited role. Uh, I hope that this season proved to Nathaniel Hackett and the Jets that Brees Hall can be a three-down bell cow back. I, I'm fine if they bring in a guy like an A.J. Dillon, somebody who can take on those short yardage roles. But Brees Hall doesn't need to be getting 10, 12 carries a game. He can handle 20 carries a game. There aren't a lot of guys in the NFL that can do that. Brees Hall, I think, this season proved he could do that because he can contribute on all three downs. He's three down running back. So I guess that well, was – In this game, he could handle 36 carries. He can. It, it, his career high is 37, actually, had in this game. His career high wow. going into this game – was 22 carries. He had never had more than 22 carries in a game before this week. He had 37 today. Obviously a product of of the game flow and the Jets realizing at this point that they do not have a competent RB2 on the roster because I don't think they trust Izzy Vanakanda, especially in the snow game. I don't think they were looking to give him a ton of carries. Uh, But yeah, this was the Brees Hall game. So I hope that this game at least proved to Nathaniel Hackett, it proved to the Jets that Brees Hall can be that guy and he can be the focal point of the offense going into next year. So that's a good thing, I guess. Uh, Again, as we said in the beginning, and I want to, I want to talk about this for a second. A full disclosure, and I said this on the show, you know, on the on the pregame show, 
I was not rooting for the Jets to win this game. I wasn't like hardcore being like, yeah, let's go Bailey Zappi. Let's go Patriots. But I was not particularly rooting for the Jets to win. Uh, draft position, future of the organization, both draft position when it comes to the Jets and the Patriots. Uh, I believe that I said this on the show, or I, I definitely told people when I'm close to, uh, about my prediction for this season back way earlier, probably in September, uh, that I thought this is exactly how it would go in the sense that the Jets end up losing to the Patriots or they beat the Patriots in the final game of the season, hurting their own draft position and solidifying that the Patriots end up getting a top two pick. I think I said that would happen in September. That very well could happen, uh, depending on what happens with that Commanders game. So in that regard, I'm not necessarily surprised or super emotional because I expected it to happen. I still was rooting against the Jets to win this game. Uh, but I do want to make this clear, and I said this on Twitter as well. Don't please fandom. If you rooted for the Jets to win this game, that's awesome. I'm genuinely very happy for you. I'm really, like, honestly, very happy for the players, very happy for the coaches. This has been a tough season on everyone. Uh, and to finish the year with a win, not only a win, but over your biggest rivals, that must feel good, especially after not beating them in eight years. So that's good. I'm happy for the players, and I'm happy for the fans that are that are rooting for the Patriots. We're rooting for the Jets to win this game. But also, don't be one of those people that says, oh, if you're not rooting for the Jets to win every game, you're not a real fan, because that's bullshit. That's absolute bullshit. Don't please fandom. People have different ways of rooting for their team. I'm thinking with my head and not my heart, and I'm saying I want draft position. I want to improve the future of the organization, hopefully, by getting a better draft pick. Now, you're not guaranteed to get a better player by doing that, but you're more likely to. And on top of that, I don't want to see Caleb Williams or Drake May in a Patriots uniform. That's me. But if that's not your priority here, if you just want to see your favorite team win and have a good time, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Root for whoever you want to root for. Root for your favorite team in whatever way you want to root for them. Don't please fandom. I just want to get that out there because I've said multiple things on Twitter today and I've had both sides come at me. I've said that, you know, I, I haven't even been like, oh, I'm upset the Patriots won. I've just made it clear that I was rooting against the Jets or that the Patriots lost. I've just made it clear that I was rooting against the Jets. And people are like, oh, you're not a real fan. But then I'll say the opposite. And like, I'm like, oh, I'm happy for the players. And people are like, I'm not. Fuck the players. Let's just get draft position. And I'm like, well, that's okay. Cool, man. Like, I, I think both sides are fine. That's my take. On no, it. see, I'll police the hell out of fandom. I do not have such scruples or, or moral guidelines. Oh, I will on, man. Uh, cuss nothing to be nice. Well, hating is free too. Hating's great. So I will, I will, because New England to me, especially if, they, if honestly, this was maybe this is just me growing up. Cause you know how every Jets fan, like by generations, like the oldest ones hate the dolphins and the middle-aged ones hate the bills. Sure. Like, our generation, New England is the team. 100%. I don't care if New England is 0-15 and Jesus Christ is going to come out as the number one overall pick. This is a game I want to win because well, it's the Patriots. The Patriots are – they exclude everything from this. If you want to talk about like maybe in the Cleveland game, like, all right, I could see it a little bit. New England, I don't care. That's a separate entity. You beat them every single time. You haven't beaten fine. them in regulation in over a decade. Win this game. They're playing Bailey Zappi. Win this game. I have no issue with you feeling that way, and you are totally right. And I have like that is fair. That is totally justified. I will never. I, I never blame any Jets fan for rooting for their favorite team to win, even at the spite of draft position, whether they're facing the Commanders, the Browns, or the Patriots. Like I do not care. Root for your favorite team how you want. But I think it's totally valid to root for draft position because you're helping. You're, you're rooting for the future of the organization. You want. You're, you're. You have the best interest of the team in mind like that's you're, you're rooting for that let people root how they want i never want to please fandom i totally respect and your opinion is valid mike it's totally fair and any jets fans rooting for the jets to win absolutely i mean i think you're probably in the majority i probably in the minority rooting for them to lose 
But I see no issues with either side. And I think it's silly that we're trying to turn people against each other. We're Jets fans, man. We all want to see the best for this team. We all want to see our team win. That's the ultimate goal. I, I see no issue with, with either perspective. Let's see what the fans think. Let's turn the bullhorn over to the fans. Uh, Stephen Farrell over in the UK. Yo, Adrian, we did it. Uh, if if we want to keep the Rocky analogy going up, at the beginning of the year, I felt like the middle of Rocky three when Mickey died, and now I kind of like. I've only seen. I can't want to feel good. I mean, Clover Lang actually beat Rocky though. I don't know if Club, but like he was a formidable opponent. I don't know if this Patriots team is a formidable opponent, but we did do it, Adrian. And the streak is over. Robert Sala can claim he's the guy who ended the streak. And no one can take that away from him. So that's always I'm good. Uh, I'm very happy for Robert Sala. I'm not sure what this comment is from G. Fire this bald fraud coach for not calling that last time out for Brees. Is this really where you're at right now? Last time out. What, what, I don't even know. Oh, wait. What is oh, that to try to get 1,000? Oh, get out of here, bro. Come no. on. <laughs> that's what that was. Relax. No. Uh, get out of here. As I think we both agreed, I think Joe Douglas deserves a lot more blame for the state of the Jets team this year than Robert Sala. I think Sala, the fact that he even went to seven and ten with this team, with he Robert Sala has literally never had an NFL's caliber starting quarterback. He's never had it. Uh, I'd like to see if he can have if what he could do with one next year. That's the hope. Honestly, how many coaches are winning seven games with this horrendous Not offense and quarterback? The defense is only as good as they are because of Robert Sala. Yes, the personnel's there, but who who acquired that personnel? Who developed that personnel? Robert Sala. Yeah, like these players didn't just grow, just reproduce asexually and just show up here. Quincy they Williams picked him. They had to pick him out. Quincy Williams was a target of Robert Sala, and Quincy Williams was developed by Robert Sala into an all-pro player, which he hopefully will be this year. There's a million examples of it, too, from John Franklin Myers, DJ Reed. Give Sala his credit. Give Sala his flowers. He deserves it. Jao Pedro Mello is uh, right on with what I'm thinking. I understand the talk about the draft picks, but eight, win, eight years without a win against this team. Let's Hold go. Goodbye, Bill. Totally fair. Goodbye, Bill. I am so happy that Bill Belichick, genuinely so happy that Bill Belichick's final game with the Patriots will be a loss to Trevor Simeon and the Jets. I am so happy, and I will never be upset about that. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that, even if I was rooting for them to lose. I'm still happy about that. Dave Yish on Facebook, stop with the tank for the draft stuff. How did it suck for Sam go? Trevor Lawrence missed the playoffs. Well, Trevor Lawrence actually Trevor Lawrence played pretty well, even though he missed the playoffs. Yeah. We picked pretty high and got freaking becked in. If you're a pro Rodgers, you already trashed the 24 draft. Like, I, if you're G, I'm not sure what the end of that means, but I will say if your GM is so incompetent that he can't pick a tackle at 12 and he needs to pick at eight to find a tackle – like if, if, uh, if dropping four spots completely, not like dropping one to five, dropping from like eight to 12 completely throws you so far off your access. You have no idea how to build a team for next year. That's more unbecoming. Of, that's unbecoming of a GM in the NFL. I don't should be able to, if you have a need to tackle, either get one in free agency or find one at 12. The point that, and I'll speak for the people who are rooting for the Jets to win, because I think I could, are rooting for the Jets to lose. Uh, and the point isn't that it's impossible to draft a better player later. And it's it's not saying that if you get a higher pick, you are definitely going to get a better player. It's that you're much more likely to, especially in this draft, when it does seem like there are two top tier offensive tackle prospects. And there's a good chance that this Jets win prevents them from drafting one of them. Like that, that is pretty fair. Uh, they could end up with the 11th or 12th pick if the Bears and Raiders uh, both lose, I believe, is how that works. They have to, I think they end up with the 11th pick if the Bears and Raiders both lose today. I get that Fashanu and Alt are the, the names everybody wants, but this draft for, yeah, for tackles is insanely deep. Amarius there, might Smith, be, I know. there might be six guys who go in the first round. 
There could be. And I'm not like, saying that the year to need a tackle in the draft. I'm not saying whoever the Jets – also, part of this was not necessarily about the Jets. It was about the Patriots. If the Patriots weren't in contention for a top-two pick, I wouldn't have cared as much. But this – if the Patriots end up with a top-two pick because of this game, I will not be happy about it. I, I won't. Like, that's that was part of it as well. But at the same time, again, guys, I'm not, like, pissed. I'm not pissed the Jets won this game. I'm never mm, – I can't say I'm never pissed about Jets. I was pretty upset when they when they won in 2020. Uh, but like in this season, like I was. I, was, not- I don't know. What about after the Bills? Game? I don't know about pissed, but like what? Which upset way? when they beat the Bills this year? Where it was like this I don't know if that's oh, pissed. I wasn't upset that they won in Week One. I was thrilled. That was amazing. That was an awesome win. Xavier Gibson. I felt so happy for the players, man. I guess just the Rodgers injury sucked all the goodwill yeah. out of me. I was upset. I wasn't upset that they won. I was very upset that Aaron Rodgers was injured, but that was the upset part. It wasn't about the win. I'm not upset. Like, I'm not upset at the Jets won this game. I don't, if you are upset, if people are upset, that's fine. They're, they're valid. Like, that's totally fair to be upset that the Jets potentially cost themselves draft position and help their, their biggest rival maybe secure a quarterback that's going to haunt them for the next 20 years. I think that's a fair concern to have, but also like, I'm not, I'm not losing sleep over this. You know, this is what it is. It's a fair concern, but I guarantee you there were some Patriots fans who thought, oh, no, the Jets got Sam Darnold. Oh, no, the Jets got Zach Wilson. But for every instance that's pointed out of when it didn't work, there's a million examples of when it did work out, when a higher pick was better than the lower pick. In fact, it's a lot more common for a higher pick to be better than the lower pick than it is for the opposite. That doesn't mean it's guaranteed by any means because the draft the draft is ultimately a crapshoot at the end of the day, but you're still more likely to end up with a higher pick so I, I or more likely to end up with a good player with a higher pick. So that... I, I hate that argument of like, oh, it didn't work out with Sam Darnold. See, it didn't work out with Zach Wilson. Why would it work out this time? Well, it's it's different. Like, this is a completely different situation. And statistically, you are a lot more likely to end up with a better player if you have a higher pick. Right. I just don't, I just don't like the idea of just being paralyzed with fear and acting like this is a sure thing. It's not. The I've never said the next time. Right. They might, but they might not. I've never, I've never said it's a sure thing. I'm just going on the odds. I've never once I just feel like, like a lot oh, of people are like, oh no, they're going to like, we, we just gave them 15 years of quarterback play. Yeah. When, and and well, that's dumb. People saying that are dumb. That's, that's a silly take to have to be able to be like, I guarantee one of these players yeah. would be great. Not nah, silly. I mean, I know they had Brady, but they picked a ton of quarterbacks at that time. How many of them outside of Jim, Jimmy G's the best one. They've drafted very poorly over the last 10 years. They've drafted yeah, very poorly. Mac Everyone didn't work out. No, no, he didn't. So and, and Belichick leaves, I'd imagine that they don't like I'd imagine they don't go too far off the beaten path trying to find a replacement. Just knowing how they are, imagine they get somebody who maybe was like an assistant personnel guy who bumped his way up and then they kind Rod, of come back Gerard to him. I think Gerard Mayo would be a cool one. No, I mean as, as a GM too. So I'm oh, saying there's gonna be a lot of philosophies too that are very similar drafting. Yeah, probably. So let's get to some 2024 questions. Uh Scott Scoop. I'm going to combine these two into one. Uh, the Jets must re-sign Huff. I feel like they have to. And can we talk about Jermaine Johnson? Guys turned a massive corner, which he absolutely has. I actually didn't think the rookie year was maybe as good as everybody said it was. Thought it was just passable. Like you could see, he was very flawed. This year, he's a complete high-end starting defensive end in the NFL. Defends the run, pass rushes, makes plays. Very timely player. The Huff one is genuinely, that's a genuine thing. And I go back and forth myself even going on the Huff thing because they pick they picked Will McDonald on the expectation he would be what Bryce Huff is now. Because they didn't think Bryce Huff could be this now, but yep. now he is. And if Jermaine Johnson is staying, which it seems like he is, there's really no path to McDonald's playing time. So 
it, I guess it depends. Do you want to just say, you know what? Maybe Huff peaked. Maybe this is the best Huff's going to get. We end up getting another pick for him, and then we roll with our top 15 pick, Will McDonald and Jermaine Johnson, and the defensive end set for however long. Or do you say, we're, even if we like Will McDonald, we can't pass on a guy who just had 10 sacks and is ranked really highly in terms of pressure rates and all things like that. Like We'd be silly to, to get rid of him. Like that, That's genuinely a question because I don't think you can bring back like, like, there's no way that Huff, McDonald, and Johnson are all going to get equal playing time in the next two years. So you have to make a decision on one of them. Two of the three can stay. I just don't know who the, the odd man out's going to be. I have differing opinions on what I think the Jets will do and what I think that they should do. Uh, what I think they will do is what I thought they would do since April, since the draft, and that's let Bryce Huff, Bryce Huff walk. Uh, the writing has been on the wall for Bryce Huff to leave, the, for, to, for Bryce Huff to walk in free agency. Uh, they drafted Jermaine Johnson in the first round, traded up to draft him. Then they drafted Will McDonald in consecutive uh, in the first round the next year. So edge rusher in consecutive years generally doesn't lead, lend itself to re-signing your own edge rushers. Uh, Jermaine Johnson took that step this year. He is clearly a stud. He is a, I don't want to say a star edge rusher yet, but he's very close to, to reaching that tier. He is at very, at worst, a really, really, really good pass rusher. Uh, and a game disruptor and a, and a key cog in this defense. He'll be back and he will play a key role next year. John Franklin Myers, by all accounts, will be here next year. Uh, I think they can move on from his contract, but I don't think that they will. I think he plays a completely different role than Johnson and Will McDonald and Bryce Huff. Uh, I think it's much more likely they try and restructure his deal. I bet we do see that, but I don't think he's going anywhere. So you're now left in a situation where if you re-sign Bryce Huff, you're basically going, all right, Bryce Huff, Jermaine Johnson. Those are our two edge rushers for the foreseeable future. Where does that leave Will McDonald? I don't know. Unfortunately, Will McDonald did not do anything for me this season. They, he didn't show anything to me that makes me think that he can be a, a 40, 50% snap guy next year uh, and a key key part of the defense. That well, doesn't mean tough when you're not getting that many snaps. That's, 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 so. that's the point. I'm not saying that he can't be. I didn't see anything because Will McDonald played fewer snaps than any Jets first round pick in his rookie season since Vernon Golston. What are we supposed to do with that information? How can we even evaluate Will McDonald? Not to mention the dude's already, what, 25 or he's going to be 25? He's going to be next year. He'll be 25 before the start of next year, so he's not young. Bryce Huff is, what, 26, 26, 27? He's not much older. Jermaine Johnson's younger than Will McDonald or about the same age because Johnson was also old when he was drafted. Uh, Bryce Huff is 25 right now. Bryce Huff is basically the same age as Will McDonald, a year older. And Jermaine That's, Johnson is also 25. Wow, this is a conundrum. We're all 25. And so, Whoa, today's his birthday. Happy birthday, Jermaine Johnson. Today's his birthday? Happy birthday, Jermaine Johnson today. Hey, yeah, happy birthday, Jermaine Johnson. That's cool. <laughs> so what I think the Jets should do is they should pay Bryce Huff. Bryce Huff is a proven game changer. He is, in my opinion, still their best true pass rusher and one of the best true pass rushers in the entire NFL. He ended up getting 10 sacks this year, a ton of pressures on much fewer, uh, much fewer snaps than any of the guys who are ranked around him. He is a he is the real deal. He's a proven star edge rusher. That's your guy. If you move on from him and you hope that Will McDonald can fill that role, it's the same thing as when the Titans traded away AJ Brown and replaced him with Traylon Burks. You're hoping that Traylon Burks can be AJ Brown, but you already had AJ Brown. The Jets already have Bryce Huff. Why are you hoping this guy can be Bryce Huff? I know salary, I know money. You're trying to save money in doing it, but I don't think that's I don't think that's a very good decision. I don't think that's a very smart thing to do. What I'm I about to throw some cold water on your opinion because there was a quote that just came out from Bryce Huff. Connor Hughes asking him, obviously 10 and a half sacks. He asked him about uh, the contract offer he's going to get in the open market. 
he got asked if he's going to take a hometown discount. He said, I'm going to the highest bidder. There won't be any discount. I owe it to my Good. family. Good. He yeah. absolutely should do that. And this is why I don't think that. So that's what I said. That's what I think the Jets should do. What I think they will do is in line with that quote and in line with a report from Rich Samini earlier today where he spoke to Bryce Huff. And Bryce Huff basically said, and this was, I thought this was a really telling quote. Uh, he talked about the, how there's a narrative out there that he's not a good run defender. The people that have been pushing that narrative aren't media, aren't fans. It's the Jets coaching staff. They're the ones who have said that. They're the ones who who, who pigeonholed Bryce Huff as a third down situational rusher. That was them who did that. So Bryce Huff saying, I want to prove, and I think I have proved, that I am a good run defender, that I can be a three-down pass rusher or a three-down three down player. That was Bryce Huff telling the Jets coaching staff that, in my mind. I think that was him saying, look, I've proven this. If you guys don't see my value, if you don't see that I can be this, then that's fine. I think Bryce Huff has played his final game with the Jets. I have fear that it's going to be a Shaquille Barrett situation, which is what I had said you know, a few months ago as well. We talked about it on the show, both of us, that it could be a very similar Shaquille Barrett situation where a guy who isn't playing as a full – is not a three-down player with a team but is also – you know, producing at a very high rate as a pass rusher, goes to a new team. And then Shaq Barrett in his first season with the Bucs had 19 and a half sacks. I get 100%. I guess the difference with him and Barrett, though, is like Barrett in Denver in four years had 14 sacks. Like he didn't break out yet. Bryce Huff has kind of broken out already. But so the quantity. That's like saying Carl Lawson his last season only had five and a half sacks at the Bengals. He did, but he was still, I think, top 10 pressures in the entire NFL. Shaq Barrett was way up there with pressures as well, even if the sacks weren't there because other guys around them were getting them, like Von Miller and, and, and such, Bradley Chubb, whoever else was there at the time. Uh, so I think it's a very similar situation to that. Bryce up ended up, the sack numbers ended up getting there for him this year. Weirdly, his sacks ended up going up when his pressures went down. It's just weird how it works out that way sometimes. He was getting a lot more pressures early in the year, and later in the year, he kind of like, like, I don't know what he ended up with this game. I think he ended up probably with more, but he hadn't had more than three pressures in a game since week nine probably before this week. I imagine he beat that this week. Well, it's like uh, those quarterbacks who throw seven interceptable passes and none of them get picked. And then the yeah. other, another game they have two and they both get picked. Like it's, right. so it's it's Sacks are extremely streaky and they're not really a good indicator. Shaq Barrett was awesome in Denver before he went to Tampa. So I fear it's a similar situation. I think the Jets will look at it and say, all right, we trust our evaluation of Will McDonald. We trust that he was our, he was our guy. We trust our coaching staff to develop him. And they might be right. I'm not saying they're going to be wrong. I just wouldn't take that chance. But I think they're going to look at it and say, we trust Will McDonald. We think that he can take a step next year. We know we have Jermaine Johnson. He's great. We know we have John Franklin Myers. We're going to let Bryce Huff walk, even though we know he's a really good player, because we don't think he can play three downs, and we think Will McDonald can, can replace his role in the defense. That's how I think the Jets are going to view it. I think they're going to save a lot of money doing that, but I don't think it's going to be the right decision. It might be. Maybe it will. Maybe Bryce Huff goes somewhere else, and maybe he was a product of this scheme. I don't think that's true, but maybe he will be, and maybe Will McDonald takes a huge step next year. I've just seen nothing from Will McDonald that makes me think he could take that step, mostly because he barely played this year. I don't know how you can look at what he did this season, which is virtually nothing. Like Even when he was out there, it's not like he was – a true game changer every, every time he's out there. It's not like on his eight snaps a game, he was getting three pressures. That wasn't happening. That's not to say that he's not going to be good in the future because he was still a rookie. He's an older Hard to kind of get in the flow too when you're only playing. Right. You know. it, it absolutely is. Although Bryce Huff was, was doing more with those snaps, but I digress. Uh, I'm not down on Will McDonald necessarily. I just think he's a complete question mark and we have no idea what he is. So I think it'd be silly to move on from Bryce Huff, but I do think that that's what the Jets ultimately do. Scott Scoop with another question, a random question, but that's good. This is the time for random questions. Absolutely. Season's over. Who do we think is Rodgers' backup for next season? 
Uh, exactly. Never mind. Kidding. <laughs> don't even. Hey, we, we almost. You almost said his name. We're trying to go one show without saying his name. He's he's not dead yet. He's coming back. It's gonna be Zach Wilson. No. Um, oh, you said it. Sorry. Dude. Sorry. I, fine. We're trying to have a bit here, but uh, once he's gone, we won't be listening to his name that much anymore. Uh, I, yeah. Ryan Tannehill is who I would say. That's who I think it'll be, and that's who I want it to be. Jacoby I mean, Brissett. yeah, he Tannehill is kind of the higher end guy you want. Uh, yep. Looking at the list of guys, and obviously Brissett. I think Brissett's kind of in a weird spot. To, like, he never just to gets gets to just you know stay in a spot and learn an offense because he's kind of almost like a mercenary quarterback. Yeah. So I guess he can pick up an offense quick because you wouldn't be moving around if you weren't able to do that. Uh, I'm going to go just really quick thoughts. I'm going to name some of the free agent quarterbacks that are like reasonable and want to get your thoughts on them as a potential. These are all guys who are going to be free agents uh, after this year. I'm going to get your thoughts on them. I'm just going to read them in order. Uh, Brissett. Yes. Tyrod Taylor. Sure, absolutely. I'm fine with Tyrod Taylor. Marcus Mariota. Yeah, absolutely. Give me Marcus Mariota. All of these guys, like, I'm just, all these guys are significant upgrades over what the Jets have had. Yes, absolutely. Oh, oh totally. Uh, yeah. Drew Locke. Sure. I, I, I would go the veteran route. I don't think he, I mean, not. I guess Drew Locke is kind of a veteran at this stage. What is he, 28 or something? Uh, He's 27. 27, yeah. I, I Yes, I would take him. That wouldn't be my first choice. I also think it'd be a weird fit with the team. Like, I feel like it's a weird fit with what they're going for on offense, but I don't know. I yeah. wouldn't hate it. And then we got two more. We got Minshew. Yes, absolutely. I, Minshew, I think Minshew this year has proven to me that he is a backup quarterback. I think he's not been nearly as good as a lot of people think. I think Shane Steichen has really carried him in that entire offense. That's he's a said, starter. He's a bridge right. quarterback. Exactly. That said, he is still a very good backup, and I would definitely take Gardner Minshew for sure. And uh, Kyle Allen. All right. Well, I'd prefer not Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen would be my least choice, my least favorite choice of all of those. He's still but, man, he's I, I Kyle, Allen, where he right, was. Kyle Allen still might be better than what the Jets have had. Uh, he's definitely better than Tim Boyle, probably better than Trevor Simeon, probably better than than, than, uh, than Zach Wilson. So sure. You keep coming back to that, though. You're like, oh, they're better than what they had. It's like anything's better than what well, they had. Joe Flacco is better than what they had. So well, you that's, can't why that said, as... that's why I said, that's why I said, I don't want, I'm not going to be pounding the table for Kyle Allen. If they sign Kyle Allen, my reaction will be, all right, it's an improvement. That that will be my reaction. It won't. I won't be happy. I'll be if they sign Ryan Tannehill, I'll be like, let's go. They did it. We did Ooh, it, Joe. I got we another got one it. for you though. What about what Jameis? I I love Jameis as a player. He is so much fun to root for and to watch. He's hilarious. Uh, just the way he plays football is so funny. I feel like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Give me Jameis Winston. I, I would be happy with that. I want like a more like stable quarterback, like one where I put him in. I'm like, I know what I'm going to get. But the highs of Jameis are so high that I'm like, you know what? With this defense, you can deal with a quarterback like that. So I give me Jameis. I'm cool with that. If I had to pick, like, you know, like a top three, because honestly, I think what they're going for, I mean, can conservative don't throw picks. That's not Jameis right. by any. That's not Jameis at all. That's why they didn't bring in Carson Wentz partially. I I think that or just incompetence. Like if I had to make a top three, it would be Tannehill. I'd probably say Minshew number two, but I think Minshew, honestly, the Colts, I think will probably pay him because Richardson already's off a big injury. I think they want somebody behind him, and then Mariota three. Ooh, not not percent. I think I think mobility wise, he's still got it, and I think that can help mitigate yeah. some of the offensive line. Not problems. a uh, not a percent guy. Percent, a little like the the thing with me. Maybe this is just a way that I evaluate guys. Like 
I know he's a backup quarterback and they move around a lot, but in a league where quarterback play is what it is and backup quarterback play is so valuable, it's like, why does he keep moving from team to team? Why does nobody just keep him? Like, I feel like there's something there. Like, if you knew what you had, then why does Brandon Cooks keep getting traded? He's really good. Like, it happens sometimes, yeah. you know. Brandon Cooks, like in that for for my Nets fans, it's like in that D'Angelo Russell tier as a player who keeps getting traded, where it's like he's good. He's good enough where by acquiring him, you can I say think, you made it. You made like a big change and he can help, but he's not good enough to like be a long term piece. I think Brandon Cooks is better at football than D'Angelo Russell is at basketball. I don't know D'Angelo Russell. I don't know about that. He was he was an all star. That's crazy. But hey, Brandon Cooks was a Pro Bowler probably multiple times. So I don't know. I think Brandon Cooks in 2024 is better than D'Angelo Russell is in 2024, but that's a different conversation. Uh, I want to get to this comment really quick, though, from Johnny Diligenza Garofalo. Belichick cost us another offensive lineman. They're going to get an offensive lineman. They didn't, there weren't two players that you can draft at left tackle, and they missed on both of them now. That That's yeah. not what happened. We it's not if you don't get Fashanu or all people go, oh, my God, and then the floor and park burns down. I mean, we talked about this earlier. I'm in the middle. I understand exactly what Johnny's saying. I totally understand that perspective. There are two top-tier tackle prospects. They're not the only two, but as of right now, they are definitely a tier above everyone else. So I get that. But also, no, it's not the end of the world. They could still draft a good tackle. You know, we, we went through this already. <laughs> it's just that looking, looking ahead, though, I do want to look ahead to the draft a little bit because sure. season's over now. They're likely not going to be in the top 10. And the Jets are in a weird spot where I was looking at a team. I, I was funny because I was watching the Jaguars earlier, and I find it, I find them kind of a fun, a weird team to look at because I feel like outside of like probably quarterback and like maybe, I don't know, like probably running back a little bit, like I feel like they're just okay at, at like every position, mm-hmm. but there's no glaring need, but like they're just like a six out of 10 everywhere. I, I think the, line is probably their biggest need. That's what I would yeah, say. Yeah, but even then they got like they drafted some guys that are okay, Harrison, yeah. Fortner, but anyway, yeah. like the Jets are on the opposite side of that where they have they are 10 out of 10 at certain positions. They have as good cornerback play as you could possibly hope to see in the NFL. Probably the best cornerback. I think Cleveland is the only one that could probably yeah, have a case to. The Jets have the best cornerbacks in the NFL. I will not hear any argument uh, to the contrary. And they, well, the only one I'll hear is Cleveland. That's only just because of how insane they've I been this year. It. I don't want to listen. I, that's the best Cleveland's affirmed too. So that they got <laughs> nine out of ten linebackers. They got as much defensive end depth as you could. We had the too much defensive end depth. They're having problems because of their defensive end depth. Like some areas, they're so strong, and then some areas they have nothing. So I think that actually makes things easier for Joe Douglas because the the holes are very clear. And there's no way you could just you can't do like we're doing a value pick McDonald at 15 because he was the highest guy on the board. Like you have very clear needs. This is not a BPA year. This is a draft for need year. And when I'm looking at this draft, even with the no second round pick because the Rodgers deal, even with that, there is no excuse to not leave this draft with a left tackle, yep. probably who's going to be your first round pick, a wide receiver, probably on day three. I'm sorry, day, uh, round three, yep. day two. You need a wide receiver and a run-stuffing defensive tackle with your first day three pick. If you come out of this draft without those three things, it's malpractice. It's malfeasance, I believe is the other word, for on Joe Douglas's part. Malfeasance. Look at you with the big, <laughs> big uh, SAT words. I, I mean, I agree with yeah, you. I got a 28 on my ACT. I'm holding on to that till the day I die, man, because I bombed the I, SAT. So. I never even <laughs> 
I never even took the ACT. I was like, I'm going to go to school for sport management. I'm going to take the SAT. I don't even need to oh, screw oh. science. We don't need to take the SAT or the ACT. Oh. Marist only required one of the two. And then Marist College, where I went to school, and I did not do good on the SAT. The ACT, I crushed. I'm like, well, perfect. Now I look like a genius because of that. <laughs> and clearly, some of it might have stuck with you. Uh, but like, I agree with you. I agree that those are probably, I mean, I don't know if I agree that run stuffing defensive tackle is like their third biggest need. I think it's a need. I think there's other things you could throw out there as well, but ultimately it's going to depend on what they do before that. I think it's a lot more likely that they address wide receiver before the draft. Uh, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't still draft one on, on day two or day three. Cause they, absolutely even if should. they get a vet, I think they need like a day three guy. Right. It's going to depend on what like they do because say they go out, say they sign T Higgins, right? Say like, let's ignore Devontae Adams for a second. Because if, if Antonio Pierce is staying in Vegas, I honestly think the Raiders are keeping him on to Adams. Supposedly um, they I, want Harbaugh. That would be – That yeah. would suck so hard for Antonio Pierce. And I bet Devontae Adams would ask for out if that happened. Because he made, he made it very clear, I think, with his, what he said after that last game where he was like – I like he gave a public display oh, yeah. of a vote, like a vote for Antonio Pierce. So It's funny how the, the Raiders are like – It's funny how the Raiders are like the badass outlaw team and they hire the two most like vanilla sandwich – milk toast boring guys and josh mcdaniels and and harbaugh wears khakis like that's not the what the raiders do come on raiders are antonio pierce he's yeah they, antonio pierce Bears. makes sense yeah uh so i don't know but let's say they signed t higgins right then you got t higgins garrett wilson unfortunately you probably still have alan lazard i know i've seen some people float out the idea like oh the jets can you know, post you and first cut him. Robert Sala literally said today, there was a direct quote from him after the game that he said that he promises, I believe he said the word, use the word promise, that Alan Lazard will be better in 2024. That's what he said. So that sounds to me like a guy who's going to be on the roster in 2024. So you I get got the idea too of looking at Lazard, even as bad as he was, like, okay, there's no, there's no way he's that bad. There's no way. And I get that. How I feel about Alan Lazard, I mean, it's to different degrees here. Obviously, Lazard was worse, but how I, it's how I felt about Corey Davis after his first year of the Jets, where I was like, wow, that was really bad. He's not normally that bad. What the hell happened? He should be better the next year. And he oh, was. Shit. And Corey Davis was better the next year. Now, again, it wasn't that bad. I, Corey Jermaine Davis Johnson was, was not the next year, though. No. Well, that, that was a different one where it's like his decline was very – clearly like it was like oh age and effort and those things don't generally get better lazard you could say effort maybe but it's definitely not age like it's not an age thing with lazard he was just awful uh so i do think he'll be better i don't think he's anybody they should rely on to be a significant piece of the the offense next year but realistically you signed t higgins now you have t higgins garrett wilson alan lazard that's a th that's a trio right there now you could draft somebody on, on day two i think it's more likely they'd probably go day three for wide receiver then because whoever you're drafting you're probably not expecting to play a ton unless you do expect alan lazar to be wide receiver four or five whatever uh which maybe that is what they expect who knows but i can see that happening uh left tackle definitely seems like the draft even if they go out and sign someone like david bakhtiari uh we're both in agreement in agreement that that should not be someone that they count on as their left tackle as their starting left tackle going into 2024 because then you're asking for another dwayne brown situation and that would which be means right. that's exactly what they're going to do but whatever <laughs> rogers will insist on it um but yeah i i think tackle obviously they're they're going to address that in the draft uh aside from like run stuffing d tackle i think linebacker makes a lot of sense uh, they're pretty thin there. Sherwood, I like. I think it's going to be his last year's rookie deal next year, right? Or, yeah, that will be. Wow, four years of Jamie Sherwood as the backup linebacker. Yeah, so maybe I know that they've been grooming him for a while to maybe be the guy that takes over for CJ Mosley. Uh, they'll have to make that decision very soon if that is their plan. I think that they definitely should address and maybe draft another linebacker there. 
another running back like that. I think running back is a bigger need than a lot of people realize because they do not have an RB2 on the roster next year. It's not going to be, nor should it be, Izzy Vanakanda. Maybe he can compete for a role. That's fine. I think he's much better off in a in a third down change of back or change of pace back role uh, until we see more stability from him, more consistency. Um, so I think RB2 is another position that they could potentially address in the draft. If they don't sign a guy like A.J. Dillon, I am always in favor of drafting a running back in every draft because maybe you get it. Maybe you hit on something. You never know. And I'll throw it out there. It's possible. I know they only have five picks. But it's still possible that they go quarterback and they draft the quarterback at some point in the draft. I don't think it'll be early, but if they go like fifth round quarterback, I wouldn't be stunned. Wouldn't, wouldn't be stunned at all. In fact, I may actually even advocate for that. They actually might not have a fifth round pick, so I might be stunned if they go Didn't fifth they round. get one from Denver or something? I think they got a fourth and sent the fifth. That was the Jacob Martin trade. They have two fourths, and I don't think they have a fifth. That, that was it. Cisco so, uh, yeah. and Chat um, referring to Huff, franchise tag him and traded for a late second and a fourth. What do you think? If they get that for – a guy on, on a tag deal. Number one, that'd be insane. It's really hard to do. Like, especially for a team that doesn't have a ton of cap space with the Jets. Like, that's a yeah. tag. Tag and trade is a lot easier said than done. And tag also would pay him. Was it, isn't it the average of the top five in his position? So you pay Bryce off like a top five defensive end in the league if you tag him. And then who's trading for that? For one year of security with the guy who's going to get who's paid a ridiculous amount of money. And there's no, there's also no way to finagle the cap there. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that is just his cap hit. Uh, so. And really, too, with only one year, like he was kind of like a hidden secret, but really only like one year of playing almost every down, really good production, too. So really quick, just like I, I always hate that. I hate this stuff. Running back failed with P. Ryan and Michael Carter easily sign a veteran running back need to trade Huff. Well, we just touched on the trade Huff thing. Just because you've missed on other running backs doesn't mean you can't draft another running back. They hit on Brees Hall. What, like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, there's every single year we see three to four. How many quarterbacks players. did the Jets miss on before they hit on Sauce and Michael Carter? Right. Like, it's silly. Oh, the, the draft a quarterback? Well, they drafted Bless Austin, and that didn't work. Like, that's such a silly, ridiculous thing to say. Every year we see three to four to five mid-round running backs end up working. That is by far of any position the highest hit rate with mid-round picks is running back. Why not take a chance on another running back? Maybe you get a hit. Maybe you don't. I'm just saying it's a possibility. Now, what I want to get into, I think this will kind of be like our last uh, discussion topic, I think, and then we can kind of call uh, call it quits for today, is, like, I don't think this game, if this game influenced you either way on Salah, I think that that's silly. Like, if he lost this game, if that moved you more towards fire him, or if they won now, if that moved you more towards keeping him, I think that's a little silly. It was a snow game with backups and Trevor Simeon, and it... Uh, Sorry, I just, I just read chat. <laughs> Hold on, I just I need to. He said, "Silly is your beard." Thanks, bro. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, why we got? Let's be why, nice. We don't why have to attacking go there. their personal appearance, man. That's crazy. That's crazy for a guy who doesn't even have their profile pic on their on their YouTube thing. Wild. Anyway, go on. <laughs> <laughs> what are you hiding there, Kev? But uh, yeah, your, your beard sucks too, Kev. I don't know if you have a beard, but anyway, go on. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, now that we've completely insulted the viewing audience, we can go and talk about Robert Sala, who. <laughs> It seems like it's going to be back, and it seems like almost the entire power structure is going to be back, barring Keith Carter. Like, there's some doubt on Keith Carter. Like, woohoo! Like, he obviously sucks, but just day-to-day, that's not going to fundamentally, I don't think, change anything. It, I, I've always been more of a pro, uh, a pro-solid guy than an anti-solid guy because I thought he was – for all of this talk about, like, oh, this is the perfect situation for me, I mean, he had a – go through a massive rebuild. He had to deal with a ton of injuries. 
his whole plan to develop Zach Wilson, people forget too, before he even played a snap, the guy who was going to develop him was Greg Knapp. He unfortunately passes away in an accident. So even before they got their hands really on Zach Wilson, the plan was was kind of screwed up. So because of that, like this guy's had to just constantly be off his back foot. For as much as we talk about his defense, how often does this defense just attack? They don't because it's, every game is six to three all the time. They can't. They have to be a little more, like you know, be a little more judicious with how they take their chances. That's a tough situation for a coach. I'm willing to give him one more year because three straight double-digit losing seasons is not good. I don't care how you slice it. It's not good. Has he had proper support from Joe Douglas? I wouldn't say so because Douglas has made mistakes. Has he had good quarterback play? Lord knows no. But now next year, Rodgers is back. You now know that he can get hurt, so there's no excuse for the backup thing. And you're in an AFC that admittedly, I mean, this is tough. Every team in the AFC South looks like they have a young quarterback that they're going to roll with. The AFC North might be the best division in football, top to bottom. AFC West will have guys back. Herbert will be back. Mahomes will be back. This is, this is a tough-ass AFC. This is as tough as the AFC as I can remember. you got to make the playoffs. You, you have to. Even if Rodgers gets hurt, you have to. If not, I have no problem with th- this being a clean break. Because they would four years is an eternity for NFL coaches, especially ones with losing records. As much as I like them, like you got to show me something. I've never been a believer in playoff mandates or anything like that. And Woody Johnson didn't make a playoff mandate when he when he talked about uh, Robert Sala and Joe Douglas. I, I don't even think it was publicly. I think it was via report. I think it was Brian Costello or whatever. Uh, I don't think Woody Johnson is going to outright say that there's a playoff mandate for the 2024 season, but it's understood. We all know what's at stake. We all know that the Jets need to make the playoffs in 2024 and that there are no excuses. If Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, gets hurt again, that sucks, man. That sucks because this is the quarterback you signed up for and he got hurt in multiple consecutive seasons. That sucks. Figure it out. Get a better backup quarterback. Move on. Look at the Browns. They are not. They rested their starters the last week of the season because they already had a playoff spot secured. And they're playing their fourth quarterback. Figure it out. You could figure it out. The Jets could have figured it out this year. They sure as hell need to figure it out next year. So if injuries happen, you know, because they've been extremely lucky with injuries on the defensive side of the ball the last couple of years. Their offense, not so much, but the defense has been pretty healthy. That that luck's bound to run out eventually. If it happens, figure it out. Move on. Figure it out. Make the playoffs. Because this team is now going on 13 years without making the postseason. In an NFL that is as as there's as much parity as there's ever been in this league, in this sport, that's un, that's ridiculous. Like that's Where 14 teams make the playoffs and 18 don't. 14, yeah, 14 teams make the playoffs every single season. Almost half the league. And it, there's as much parity as there's ever been because of the salary cap, because of the draft. And you still can't find a way to make the playoffs in almost a decade and a half. That's embarrassing. Like that's quite frankly, that's that's unacceptable. That can't happen. So next year, I don't care what I don't care what it is. Joe Douglas, you've had five years now, whatever it's going to be. Robert Sala is your fourth year. Figure it out. Find a way to make the playoffs. I agree with you, Mike. I, I'm in the camp that I think Sala was has been set up to fail a lot with the Jets, and I think he has done a lot of good things. And I think a lot of the criticisms that people have with Robert Sala are strictly based on the fact that they're losing. They point and they're like, oh, look, he's he's moping on the sideline. It's like, what the fuck do you want the dude to do? And because they're losing when not scoring. If they had the exact same record, but instead of losing 16 to 12, they would lose 38, 35. I feel like things yeah. are a lot different. Right. And I'm not like this is not me being like a Robert Sala apologist defender. The, 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 the frequent losses by 20 points. That's that can't happen. 
Like that, that, that shouldn't be happening. The Jets always coming up small in elimination games. That can't happen either. Like that, that reflects on the coaching staff for sure. A lot of the defensive penalties, I think, also reflect on the coaching staff. The offensive penalties reflect on the offensive coaching staff, which we know stinks. I'm not going to defend any of them because they all suck at their jobs. They're bad. But as far as Robert Robert Sala is concerned, look, we don't have a choice. But this is the regime that they signed up for. They already said they're going to be back next year. We don't have a choice. It's not like, oh, I'm willing to give him a more chance. We have to give him a more chance. We have to see if it works next year. I think Robert Sala has done a lot of good things for this team. He's done a lot of good things when it comes to player development on the defensive side of the ball. He's built a scheme that is one of the best in football, despite the nitpickings that people have of, oh, you don't let Sauce follow, you know, the too many personal fouls. Cool. They're still a top three defense in the NFL. That's great. That's Robert Sala. Really the only ones I can say are unequivocally better than them are Cleveland and Baltimore. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's like the other one, like you might, maybe others are better, but there's some, maybe San Francisco, but even then. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's like, yeah, you could argue that. I think part of it is also like, look, the Ravens have Kyle Hamilton. The Jets don't have a Kyle Hamilton. No, but I'm saying in terms of safeties, like they have, they have a Kyle Hamilton. The Jets don't have a Kyle Hamilton. They have great linebackers. They have Marlon Humphrey is a really good corner. They have great pass rushers. Justin Matabike has, Matabike has been awesome this year for them. Uh, they don't have the Jets. The Jets don't have a safety. They don't have a Kyle Hamilton. The Ravens have a Kyle Hamilton. That, that makes a big difference. Uh, but it's still one of the best events in football. They're seven and 10 this year, despite having the 31st ranked offense in football. You're not going to be seven and 10 unless you're deep with that offense. If you're unless your defense is great. So for as much gripes as you might have with Robert Sala, he still built a great defense. He's still not only – it's not just players, too. It's not like he inherited these guys. He helped draft them because he said, I want these guys. They're good fits in my scheme. He picked guys up the, off the scrap heap like, Bra- like Bryce Huff, like Quincy Williams, like John Franklin Myers, and developed them into in, like not only starting caliber players, but above average to great Pro Bowl, all pro level players. I can't even say Pro Bowl with Quincy Williams because the dude was amazingly snubbed. He Michael be Carter was a fifth round pick. Tony Adams was undrafted. Ashton Davis was left for dead. Yes. Yeah. You're, no, you're absolutely correct. You're absolutely right. DJ Reed was, I mean, they signed him in free agency, but for a bargain deal as of this point, like a, a, an absolute bargain. I think it was what? He's making like $11 million a year, $10 million a year. That's a steal for a guy who's legit a borderline top 15, top 10 quarter cornerback in the NFL. So hope, we'll hope, man. That's all we got to do. All we can do is hope that next year will be different because that's what Jets fans do every single year. We hope that next year is the year. We hope that next year is different. And if it's not the year, then everyone's fired. And we move on. We reset. We get a new quarterback. We get a new GM. And we get a new head coach. And then we restart the cycle. And we look forward to that because that's how this thing works. Because that's always worked out so well for us. That's how this thing – but Mike, listen, look. One of these days, it will work out. All right. For every Lamar. One of these days, too. Is it going to be like those Cubs fans who live like 100 years and then like like they won just before they were born and just before they died and they never got to see the Cubs win? Like that could happen. Look, for every LaMichael Pirine, there's a Brees Hall. So for every Jets failed regime, there's going to be one. Confucius. (laughs) There's going to be one. Yin Yang here, Mike. Yin Yang. Is that even Confucius? I don't even remember. (laughs) I have no idea, but I knew the reference you're making. There's going to be one regime that does work out, and it will be great. Maybe it's this regime. Maybe after missing the playoffs in three consecutive seasons and having losing losing seasons his first three years, Robert Sala's staff turns it around. Maybe Joe Douglas, with a career win-loss record of like 30-something percent probably, turns it around in year five. Maybe that happens. You're and if six. It happens, you're six, whatever it's going to be. <laughs> and if that happens, great. If not, we move on and we start over. But I'm I'm choosing to have hope for 2024 
because that's what we do. And we'll continue to have hope throughout the rest of this year until eight months from now when the Jets are playing games that matter again. You can see us hoping on the Jeff Press podcast, which we are coming up on our one-year anniversary yeah. uh, pretty soon, which you can go back and watch that episode. It was about don't fire Mike LaFleur, which they did immediately after the podcast, and look where we are now. That was our, that was our first episode. I think number two was about trading for Lamar Jackson, which huh, probably would have been a little better if we did that. But uh, <laughs> takes age pretty well, I got to say. Yeah, I got to say, for one and two, yeah. I mean, we've had some stinkers, but I might have my Dalvin Cook stuff, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like what, what's my worst take on the show? I've definitely. Is it Carl asked. Lawson? Yeah. It's got to be Carl Lawson. I, yeah. I will defend myself and say he got hurt again, and that sucks, but 100%. Like me being like, yeah, I'm cool with them not. Uh, I'm cool with them restructuring Carl Lawson and, and not cutting him and saving 15 million. That was pretty bad. That that's probably my worst one. <laughs> yeah, and we'll we were right on Zach. We were right on Tim Boyle. We were right on Lazar. We right well, on Rogers because he got hurt immediately. But <laughs> yeah. Also, I think another sneaky bad take is me saying that I would have been very very okay with the Jets uh, signing Derek Carr. In hindsight, I would not have been very okay with that. Derek Carr had 25 angry. touchdowns and eight picks this year. He, Phony numbers, bro. I don't care. I'm gonna be that guy. Phony numbers. The man oh, is not okay. This is gonna be all right. I, he, I watched him play. He is not good. He is not a good. He's not like bad. Like he's not bad by any means. But you're not winning shit with him as your quarterback. You're not Are you winning player. three games that the Jets would have lost this year? They would have won with anybody else, and then you're ten and seven. Well, and then the question is not Derek Carr versus Zach Wilson. That wasn't the question. It was Derek Carr, well, isn't it? It was Derek right. Carr as the starter, and then. You were not signing Derek Carr to be the backup quarterback. Like it was, it was Derek Carr versus Aaron Rodgers versus other options like Jimmy Garoppolo, Lamar Jackson, draft, whatever. Uh, it was not Derek Carr versus Zach Wilson. All right, let I'll, let me find the middle ground. He started the year really bad. End of the year, he got hot, but it was like too late. But sounds still. like Derek Carr to me. That sounds like Derek Carr to me. <laughs> Well, I mean, so I'll admit I was probably wrong about that. But anyway. Maybe he would have went around with the Raiders if his top receiver didn't run, kill somebody in a car accident that year and his coach got fired. I don't know, man. I I, I feel I'm feel like I'm I'm shifting to the, the side of like no more excuses for Derek Carr. I, I feel myself shifting that way and being like, we got to stop with this. We got to stop making excuses for this man. He is the 18th best quarterback in the NFL, and that's perfectly fine. But he's never going to be much more than that. That's my mm-hmm. that's my better than the 45th, which is what we had. So. All right, Mike. <laughs> All right. If Derek right. Carr is one fan, it is me. If it is, let's, let's <laughs> it's his brother. But if <laughs> let's end the show, we will be back on Wednesday. Uh, even though the Jets season is over, that means no more post game streams. We will st- still be streaming live every single week, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. So you can find us here on the Jet Press. All that stuff. Uh, we definitely have some more content coming out as well. We have some guests, the Jets, that are coming out. One of them recently went up as well. We got more coming out in the next few days, few weeks. Uh, we're gonna do some other stuff too. Not, I don't know if we're gonna announce anything yet, but we're gonna experiment with some some fun ideas for the off season because you know we got eight months without football that counts, without any meaningful football. So we got the draft, we got free agency. We'll still be talking that stuff, but we'll we'll mix it in with some other some other fun content. So we hope we hope you guys stick around for that. Let's just hope Aaron Rodgers doesn't add to the content on ESPN. That's our that's that's my one off season wish. There'll there'll be more stuff, I'm sure. But anyway, for any of you who who have been watching us since the beginning, or if this is your first stream, we greatly appreciate it. It has been a difficult season. I would say this is my least favorite season as a Jets fan, at the very least since 2016, uh, because at least you know we talked about it before. 2020, we had a collective rooting interest. We all could root for the fun, and, and that was funny. At least like, it was funny. They would lose. 
like like the oddly enough Derek Carr to uh to Henry Roy. Like that was hilarious. Right. right. This was not fun. Uh but this I'm was, glad this was, that we this was all, a dental drill for the I'm entire year. I'm glad that we, we all got to not have fun together. And that makes me happy. So <laughs> Until next time, thank you all for joining us on the show today. You can follow Mike on Twitter at by Mike Luciano. Follow me on Twitter at Justin T. Free. Follow Jeff Press at the Jeff Press. Download the Jeff Press podcast wherever you get your podcast. That's Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, always Overcast. Always shout out to Overcast. Check us out on YouTube and TikTok. Subscribe, like, hit that notification bell. You guys know what to do. We stream live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you all for listening to Jeff Press podcast. I've been Justin Freed. That has been Mike Luciano. We will see you guys later in the week. See you guys on Wednesday. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.